Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting. Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. Your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. The word of the Lord. a holy time for us. In awe, we remember. We remember that God did what God said he would do. God spoke a promise that people clung to for centuries. The sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. The glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. People waited for a long time for God to do what God said he would do. That God would join the human race to have a story just like ours. In awe and wonder, we have seen it. A few centuries later. God acted through Mary and Joseph. It was a life-altering, life-changing thing for them. It was also life-altering for others who were also part of the story. They all had one thing in common. They were waiting for God to do what God said God would do. God said, the Son of God will come and pierce darkness and deliver all of us from sin. God also said he would reverse the binding effects of sin. All people, all people will see it. God said it, and God did it. I wonder, has God spoken to you about something? Are you waiting for God to act? Maybe you're waiting for God to speak to you, to assure you that it is God's word for you, and that you can wait with expectant hope, whatever it is. So for what are you waiting? 
Is there something that is hardly believable to ask God? There is power in God's words. When God speaks, God's divine intentions are set in motion when God speaks. The Hebrew prophets waited during ancient times for God to speak, and God spoke. God spoke to the prophets. He gave the prophets words from God to speak to God's people about what God was going to do. One of those prophets was Isaiah. Notice the awesomeness and the power of God's words given to Isaiah. This is what he said in Isaiah 55. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the, for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return empty. The word that comes out from my mouth will not return empty, but will accomplish what I desire and will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. The power and the awesomeness of God's word. When God speaks, God acts. So this year, this time of year, Advent, we hear the story we hear it over and over in Christmas carols, in sermons, in concert halls, even in the mall, we hear the story. <laughs> and we hear it right here. We remember the story. And each year it comes alive for us in a different way. God speaks in a new way. God is still speaking, saying what God plans to do in your life and in mine. And what God is saying is always redemptive. It's always liberating. It's always healing. It's promising. That's who God is. And the gift of repetition of hearing this amazing story over and over, hearing it again and again, what it does for us is it helps us to believe again. It helps us to believe how powerful God is and that when God gives us a promise, God fulfills his promise. Well, it may not always feel that way. In fact, some of us here right now may be discouraged. We may not feel in awe or wonder of God's power to act. We may not be feeling that way. Instead, we wonder if God is up to anything at all. Maybe God is just plain silent. 
God feels absent, maybe even neglectful. We're waiting in the dark, wondering, waiting and waiting for God. Some of us are grieving. Some of us are confused and wandering aimlessly. Some of us have never have a never-ending hardship. Some of us need healing from wounds by people from long ago or recently or circumstances. Some of us here tonight are bewildered by the suffering of others, especially in the Holy Land. Bewildered. Where is God in this? Hearing this real-life story that happened, hearing it again, helps us to start believing again. Jesus is here, and he is speaking words over you and me. He's speaking words over us. Words that are healing, words that are comforting, words that are true, words that inspire courage and hope. That's who he is. It may be that you are feeling like you've been waiting for a very long time for God to, to act on something that you've carried in your heart. God's word in these scriptures assure us Jesus ne is never late. He's never late. He's always on time. God's word for you and for me has already been set in motion. We're just in that process, that process of discerning what it is. We're waiting for more to unfold. I wonder, how has God's word for you been fulfilled in the past? If you think back and remember, how has God fulfilled his word for you in the past? You can remember. How has God brought restore, restoration and healing in your life before? And here's the promise of Advent. God intends to do more for you. Zachariah and Elizabeth, the story, part of the story. We're about to hear some of the story and as you listen to Zachariah's encounter with God in the Holy of Holies, I invite you to be mindful of two things. It is possible that Zachariah and Elizabeth had lost hope that what they prayed and waited for wouldn't come to be. That they lost hope. They had no children. In those days, that was a big deal to have children. They had no children, and they were old. Also, they were waiting for the promised Messiah, and the Messiah hadn't shown up yet. So while he's burning incense in the Holy of Holies, Zechariah couldn't see God. But an angel was seeing and hearing God. 
So notice those two things as you're listening to this story. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were very old. One day, Zechariah was serving in the temple, uh, for his order was on duty that week. As was custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed, for he has taken away my disgrace of having no children. What strikes me most about this very true story is something that I haven't noticed before. I've heard this story so many times. The angel told Zechariah that he was standing in the presence of the Lord. 
the angel was standing in the presence of the Lord. God was speaking in real time to the angel. And the angel was speaking aloud what the angel was hearing in real time. I'm inspired by the reverence and the conviction of the angel. The angel was in absolute humility and reverence for God and the word that God had just spoken. Now, we don't know if the angel was miffed by Zachariah's quandary about what he just heard. Uh, but the fact that Zachariah was muted reveals something to us, right? Zechariah was prevented from seeing the angel next to the Lord because the angel said, I'm standing next to the Lord. Zechariah couldn't see that. And Zechariah was prevented from hearing the, word, the Lord speaking to the angel. Nonetheless, God was right next to Zechariah while the angel is speaking to him. And the words that were coming out of the angel's mouth were God's intentions, God's purpose, and God's purpose was being set in motion at the hearing of the angel. What everyone was waiting for was starting to happen. God's promised plan was starting to become a reality while Zachariah is listening to this angel. It was a historical moment in real time in the Holy of Holies in the temple, and Zechariah was muted. I am in awe and wonder when I picture the angel and the amazing privilege of being able to tell Zechariah that God was starting to act, and it was starting with him and Elizabeth. I'm in awe of that. The angel wanted Zechariah to be awake, to be alert. This is a holy moment. I wonder, did he know this was a holy moment, a historical moment? I don't know. We don't know. A big part of me wonders that maybe Zechariah was muted because he needed space to let this holy moment be what it truly was. It was a real-time encounter with God through the angel. He needed space. Space to listen more. Listen more to God in preparation for John to come, his son. And we know more of the story. Why would, why would Zechariah be muted? I don't know if it was a reprimand, I wonder if it was a gift. 
a gift for him to have space to contemplate what was happening. Amen? Don't we all need space to hear God? And when God's coming in and saying something to us, to let it be a holy experience, indeed, God is speaking. God's ways are not our ways. God's words are powerful, and they change our lives. And it's hard to process and grasp. When God is saying something to us, it's going to change our life. And to be able to ponder the reality that God can do what is seemingly impossible from our human perspective. And you know what that is for you. God imagines for you something that is beyond what you can imagine for yourself. When I observed Zechariah in the temple and how he responded, I can see parts of myself in him how I can find God within the confines of my own limited human imagination. What would happen if I dared to think, why not? Why not? Why not ask the Holy Spirit to empower us to open up to what God imagines for us? I wonder, what is God saying to you right now? Let me suggest that God might be saying something like, I've got plans for you. Let me talk with you about that. And I will do what I promise. When I say something, it is a promise because I, I believe in you, you belong to me, and I love you, and I will fulfill my promise for you. So we want to play a little bit of music give you a chance to reflect on this a little bit some of what you've been hearing so far there's a couple of questions there in your handout we'll give you about five minutes to just ponder just sit with god let this these words just you know linger in your heart in your mind maybe these questions will be of help to you but just sit with the lord and let him work with your imagination be open to the holy spirit
Let's all join and sing together this prayer and this hymn. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of the Lord will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Well, we've heard a range of emotions in that short account, haven't we? Why not? I'm sure even more emotions could have been talked about in the telling of that story. Even that. <laughs> the word of the Lord came to Mary. God spoke through the angel Gabriel. And I was, as we just heard, when God speaks, things are set in motion. We're always waiting. And especially in the season of Advent, we're reminded that how we wait is very important. As I prayed about this short talk, three words came to me over the course of a few days. The first word was kairos. As a definition of time that is different from the chronos time we all live in. As I'm looking at the clock, it's 737. The second word was wonder. And the third word was simplicity. Well, I truly believe that Mary, the mother of Jesus, came to this place of acceptance and peace. I believe that. We heard it. She knew God. She likely had an even better sense than we do that God often operates on that Kairos time, outside of our Kronos time. Wait, she must have wondered, God already exists and now is going to come as a baby? And through me as a virgin? But of course, this is how God operates. Nothing is beyond God to do. Our vision is finite. We are limited in that. But God? Certainly not. Always working on our behalf, behind the scenes, ready to reveal when we are ready. In verse 38, we heard Jonathan read this. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. What a beautiful space to be waiting in. Huh. May everything you have said about me come true. It may not always have characterized her waiting, but certainly it began that way. 
that space of consolation that she got to, that she could return to when the doubts and the fears would come up in later days and weeks and months. I love how the angel stayed with her until that could happen. You know, we can rush through that story as if then she was discouraged, then she was fearful. Oh, I'm just so accepting. But there's something about that reality of the angel staying there until she could get to that place of acceptance. I like to even imagine the angel Gabriel may have been singing softly over her as they waited for the inner peace to come. Together, they waited. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to bring that same comfort and peace in the midst of our own experience of waiting. And the Holy Spirit will linger with us as long as we need, bringing the gifts of consolation and hope into our own waiting. Maybe we will even discover that we are being sung over. Well, Michelle wrote and composed a beautiful song entitled My Savior's Singing just recently, right? And it seemed to me for us to stop for a minute and hear it and invite us all to hear our Savior singing over us in our waiting. I can hear the melody Through the noise of whispering Sounding clearer than anything It's my Savior singing This is where my heart belongs Listening to this freedom song It's the voice that leads me home When I hear him singing Someday angels will take me there 
to a place that's without a care and the love I'll forever hear is my Savior singing The second word that came to me is the word wonder. The noun wonder, which can mean a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. This sounds exactly like what God does to me. We just saw this in Mary's story. It's the same God we hear about in Isaiah 41, 13, who says, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand. It is I who says to you, do not fear. I will help you. You may be waiting for something in this season of your life that's causing some fear or doubt, discouragement or confusion. That often happens in our waiting. And in the midst of that, the God of wonder says to you and to me, for I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand. It is I who says to you, do not fear. I will help you. It is the same God who wants to transform your fear, your worry, your discouragement, your confusion into a place of wonder. That place of anticipation that God is showing up, that God is going to meet you, that God is full of unexpected ways forward. We can put our weight down on that. Thanks be to God. Well, the third word that came to me is simplicity. Every year as we enter into this season of Advent, we're given the opportunity for fresh perspective on this momentous event, this message that came to Mary from the angel Gabriel. Every year, the Lord comes to each of us in fresh and new ways. They may be large, they may be small, but the reality is as we go throughout this month, the larger culture celebrates new things too, but often it's done in these very flashy and loud ways. This message of hope and joy, peace and love came to a humble soul in that obscure village in Galilee. God works that way. God invites us to receive this message every year in a posture of simplicity. We don't need to muddy the waters in our waiting, trying to figure things out, making something happen in our own very limited power. We're invited to wait in simplicity. And what do I mean by that? With prayerful hearts open to receive the loving words of Jesus for us today. 
I like to think of that posture as being kindly towards God. Yes, we're invited to pour everything out to God, all of it. That's part of being kindly towards God. I love how Eugene Peterson talked to his disciples. or He, he shows us how he believed Jesus talked to his disciples before introducing them to what we now refer to as the Lord's Prayer. And hear this from Matthew 6, 6, from the Message Translation. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can, ma and as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense God's grace. Friends, how we wait really matters for our own sake and also for a world that is hungering for what Jesus wants to bring, true life. May God grant you the grace in this season and into the year of ahead of knowing that God is not limited by time. God is a God of wonder, revealed more and more as we wait in a posture of prayerful simplicity. We invite you now into a few more minutes of prayer with the Lord. There's some questions there on your page. So just sit back and listen, but also ponder what the Lord may be saying to you.
Thank you. 